Hey, what's up? What's up, man? It's your man Sam, host of Just Talk with Sam podcast. Just Talk with Sam podcast. Man, we got a special guest in today. It is Sham Gun. Those who don't know, he's a renowned writer, producer, and director, and he's here to talk on the podcast about his latest project, American Outlaws. It's currently available right now in select theaters and streaming services. American Outlaws is, for the most part, based on the true life of the criminal siblings Dylan, Lee Grace, and Ryan Daltrey. Now, I do my best while talking to Sean to not spoil this movie. But I'm I'm telling you, man, this this was mwah, Chef's kiss. He he did right by them. Um and we're gonna get into it a little bit. I almost found myself ruining something right then and there. But this movie had everything you need in a crime thriller and it really really makes you think it holds a little bit of a magnifying glass to our criminal justice system and how it's how the treatment of quote criminals and i'll i'll i'll, I'll say that um is done to this day and i i anyone under the sound of my voice please check out those and also those not necessarily under the sound of my voice um you can see the whole interview on our youtube page at just talk with sam no g and talking on youtube and you can see the entire interview in its entirety um you can hear it here but um before we get started before we talk to shine man 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 i need to welcome you to the home all things revolving around the Just Talk with Sam podcast, and that is SamShowNation.com. Your home for everything related to the Just Talk with Sam podcast. It's all right there. Please check it out. Right there on the home page and current promotions page, there is a donate button. Please, we've been doing this for over 13 years. Click the donate button, give whatever makes you feel like a good person. We we have it right here. It is it is beautiful. And you guys have been contributing. And those who want to contribute again, feel free to do so. Those whose first time, please go ahead, click the button. Give whatever makes you feel like a good person. Trust me, it keeps the free funny free around here. You guys have been doing tremendously for the last 13 years, and we only wish that just keeps going. So please uh, help us out with that. And also, those who want a little bang for their buck, who want to contribute but get a little something back, you can always go to samshownation.com. You get the shop link, and by hitting the shop link, you can get all of your Just Talk With Sam, um, all of your um, swag right then and there, whether it be hats, uh, T-shirts, stickers whatever you need to show the world that you love this podcast is all right there and all the profits go right back into making this podcast a bigger better greater podcast it's all right then and there speaking of the podcast itself you go to samshownation.com you get the podcast link and by hitting that podcast link you yes you um you can hear all of your favorite podcasts right then and there, right there on the page. But maybe you listen to podcasts a little bit differently. Maybe you have a stream service that you like. We're on all of them. Whether that be, uh, I don't know, Amazon, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Stitcher, uh, the good folks at Spotify. Wherever podcasts can be found, you can find us. It is SamShowNation.com. Or just talk with Sam. No G and talking. Just talk with Sam. No G and talking. All right there. You can hear us. You can cheers. Whatever uh, streaming services that um, that you prefer. 
we got a few sponsors this week before this podcast. And the first sponsor is from the good folks at M&M's. Guys, when you think of Halloween, um, I think about candy. I don't know what y'all do. The month of October while we own it. And the good folks at M&M's are saying, you know what? All the Halloween items at M&M's.com. If you go to SamShowNation.com and you click that link, you get 15% off all Halloween items at checkout. All you got to do is put in the promo code GHOUL. You get it? GHOUL. Like ghouls and cow. So it is G-H-O-U-L. GHOUL at checkout. You can get 15% off all of your Halloween themed purchases via SamShowNation.com. But we'll, even, we'll, we'll sweeten the deal. No pun intended. Go to samshownation.com. You go to M&M's. You get your Halloween stuff, but maybe you want some other stuff. It's fine because it's free shipping on all orders over forty-nine dollars. Yes, yes, it is. Hey, I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, I, I'm, I'm here to tell you a little secret. My anniversary is, uh, that I'm married. I am married. Yeah, sorry, ladies, but I am married, and. I ordered um, personalized M&M's with me and my wife's face on to say, hey, happy anniversary. It comes in a nice little wine glass or champagne glass, I should say. It says, happy anniversary. Instead of champagne, it's M&M's. And it has my face, which no one pays to see. But it also has my wife's face. And it's a little heart. And it says, on all of the M&M's. And so we got them here, and you know what? They're all right there, and they're all ready to go. And it was over forty-nine dollars. My my order. I got some extra stuff too. So, and it was here not even three days. But I didn't pay a dime in shipping. Wonder why? I use SamShowNation.com. That's real. That actually happened. So, and if you see her on the street, if you see my wife, if you see me, you can ask. Hey. You got the M&M's with your face on them? Yep. Um, so there you go. So that that really will happen. So I urge you. I don't know if your anniversary is there. If you want to do something nice or personalized, M&M's is the way to go. So please go to samshownation.com. Click the M&M's link. Save yourself 15% off all Halloween items with the promo code GHOUL. Or if you feel like spending over... $49, you get free shipping, but you got to go through Sam Show Nation. It's all right there. Um, the next sponsor, I don't know how we don't follow that one. That was like love and everything else. But I'll tell you one thing I do love. I do love October, not just because of my anniversary and not just because of Halloween. It's the best time of year for sports. Yes, it is. And Fanatics knows this. So Fanatics was like, hey, Sam, may want to read this on your podcast. And I was like, I got you. Because... The good folks at Fanatics know that the NBA is starting up, NHL is starting up, we are good into NFL, and college football couldn't get much lovelier, and you got the WNBA championship, uh, as well as the playoffs, I think, oh, and we, we ain't even start on MLB postseason, so if you like sports, this is the time. And Fanatics was like, you know what? Up to 65% off site-wide. It's a limited time only. Just put in the promo code M-A-Z-E-Maze at checkout. But only 
to go through samshownation.com. Click the link at samshownation.com. Click the Fanatics link. Whatever sport you cheer for, whatever team you pay you you that you just you just need to be a part of is up to sixty five percent off site wide. Go ahead, look out for you. Just 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 look out for yourself. It's the best time of year for sports. Go to samshownation.com. Click the Fanatics link. Put in Maze at checkout and save up to sixty five percent off site wide. You may want to hurry up. Limited time. It's a limited time offer, and some exclusions do apply. My next um, sponsors, the good folks at Rebox, who will not be outdone. Hey, it's cool watching the sports. You want to play them? All the athletic wear Reebok has, all the leisure wear they have to wear. Maybe you do want to watch the game. Uh, um, the shoes, from uh, the athletic wear, the apparel, whatever you need. Um, for men, women, and children. If you go to samshownation.com, you click the red and white Reebok link on the current promotions page. You, yes, you can save 45% off site wide and up to 50% off sale items by putting in what a deal at checkout. It's all one word. W-H-A-T-A-D-E-A-L. What a deal at checkout. May want to hurry up because we are getting to the end date for that. But you get up to 45% off site-wide and up to 50% off sale items. Please click the Reebok link. Thank me later. And lastly, certainly not leastly, the good folks at Target. Yes, that Target, your friendly neighborhood Target. If you go to samshownation.com and click the Target link, you can get ready for the fall. Get ready for the autumn season with some fall inspiration. Whether you are welcoming your space, your space, whatever that room in your home may be is starting up, you know, whatever you want to get some uh, foliage looking stuff, you want to just celebrate fall, maybe some browns, some oranges, some reds, it's all right there. Whether that be bedding for under $20, threshold tableware from $2, actually, I actually did get a tablecloth, um... Mainly because it's a fall color tablecloth. Thanksgiving's right around the corner. And since Target does have that deal, I just figured I should go ahead and do it. So I did it. Uh, they have uh, items for tableware starting at $2. Mine costs a little bit more than $2 because whatever. But Target had my back. And then you can get all your savory fall trees there, all your pumpkin spice, your apples, your caramels. It's all right there. Savor the flavor of the season by going to Target. And Target also know who are we getting this fall? They know it's the best time of the year for game day. You can go ahead and get all your game day essentials right then and there. Maybe you need a 65-inch TV. They got them on sale for about $329.99. Maybe you want to rep your team. You can go to Target's fan shop and you can see all the items Target have for all of your favorite teams. And you can't watch sports without good eats. Target has the must-have snacks to create the perfect spread for your game day gathering. And all you got to do is go to samshownation.com, click the Target link on the homepage and current promotions page. By clicking that link, you yes, you you will be ready for the season. And on top of that, you don't even got to get out of your car. Hey, if you're getting ready for the season, if you like me and live in the Midwest, it's getting a little chilly out there. Don't worry about it. You don't even got to leave your car. You, order, you go to samshownation.com, you order it. From samshownation.com, you could drive up right there. You pick it up at the store. They drive right out to your car, or you ain't gotta leave the house. They drive to you. 
They'll come to where you are with these things. Man, it's great. And it's only done at Target via SamShowNation.com. Well, that's enough of me talking about the sponsors right now. So what I'm about to do, I'm about to reset these mics, get on this Zoom, and talk to my man, Sean McGuin, and we're going to talk all things American Outlaws, and I will see you guys in about 90 seconds. This is Just Talking Sam Podcast, y'all. Just Talking Sam Podcast. Put your name on it. If you don't talk about it, be about it. I don't know this till like right now. Seriously. Joe, it's obvious. We never write this out. Now, Sean, I'm not sure if you know about our podcast and how we do things around here, but anytime we get a guest like yourself, um, we got to do the over-the-top intro because we love, love the work, <laughs> we love what you do, so if you don't mind, give me a quick second. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is a renowned writer, producer, director. His latest project, American Outlaws, is currently available and select theaters and streaming services near you. He is also known for his former former projects, such as Burning, Breaking for Wells, and a small horror movie named Albino Farm that proved to be more than just a job, but something that will change his very life to this day. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the former New Year's baby, Shaq McGurley, welcome to the podcast. Woo! Oh, my God, that is the best intro I've ever got in my life. I'm out. Microphone drop. I I'll never do another interview again because nothing will live up to that. So thank you. Look, brother, it's so good to meet you, Sam. Thank you for your time. Man, I'm thanking you because I got a chance to watch American Outlaws, and it was good. It was it was riveting, and quite honestly, um, if, if we're going to talk about, it, let's talk about some grays here. I'm old enough to remember the news stories and all of that, all that stuff. How oh my did this gosh! Project come about. Oh man, it's a great question. Well, it's definitely been a labor of love. So it's been some years in the making for sure. Um, I, I was really fortunate. I remember hearing about the news cycle, which is well over a decade ago, about 11, almost 12 years ago. Um, but like a lot of news cycles, Sam, you know, the stuff comes and goes. Like it's, it catches the zeitgeist and then it's on to the next thing. Um, but I, I recall that. But then I was actually a, a, a dear producing friend of mine handed me this GQ article. 
um, by this award-winning uh, writer, journalist named Kathy Doby. Um, and the article was an in-depth look at everything that occurred for this, uh, this, this crime spree with these three siblings. Um, and, and I was blown away by the article because it read very cinematically. And, um, and it, and also you realize, Sam, that through the sieve of the media and these kind of sound bites of it all, you know, the full story wasn't painted at all. So, um, sorry, sorry, brother. So the, the, the full story wasn't painted at all. And when you start to dive a little deeper because Kathy had gotten to connect with the real siblings, then it just opened up. There was so much more to the story than was being portrayed through the sieve of the media. So all that to say, that when um from there I ended up getting the rights to the article, we started developing it, but I reached out immediately to the actual three siblings. The story is based on these, you know, two brothers and a sister named Ryan Lee Grace and Dylan Doherty. Um they were living in central Florida at the time. They had roots to where I'm from, so I had a connection to that in the Arkansas kind of Missouri kind of Ozark area. Oh yeah. Um and so they kind of brought those kind of cultural sensibilities to the, you know, you know, what they did and how they kind of uh, you know, operated if you will and long story short though i as as writers as we do sometimes you go down the rabbit hole of like okay now i'm going to reach out to them and see if i can connect and if there's a way to find out more and to also see if this is something that we could you know work with them on from a development standpoint and i you know and it, when it worked out like i ended up kind of i guess ingratiating myself to them garnering their trust uh, getting to know them and eventually um you know they they were willing to like you know tell more of the story and and that really impacted you know the movie in a way and you said a few things that kind of stuck out when you said um some things weren't covered by the media and plus you got their size what were some of the things that you found out that wasn't exactly covered well uh, well yeah, no, great question. So through the through the lens of the media, it was like these are these wild, methed out hillbillies, and they're like in shootouts with the police, and they're robbing banks, and they're going to come to a town near yours and cause havoc. And look, you know, they were robbing banks, and they they did get in a shootout with the cops. Um, you know, what was interesting about the story when you really dove deep into it, and this is not to make an excuse. I want to be very clear and careful here that my approach to this wasn't to all of a sudden take these these kids i call them kids and turn them into like these heroes and these anti-heroes that are like oh they're just misunderstood and it's okay what they did it's not that it's but but i think it's the exploration sam of like the purposeful ambiguity of it all like there's the gray part of it like it's not like the good guys are wearing uh black right. hats and the bad guys wearing you know are the good guys wearing white hats to get bad guys wearing black hats kind of a thing um it's the in-between so i think for me i started to get to understand and recognize that, um, that, you know, for example, when they got in that shoot, when they shot at the police officer that was chasing him the first time, that, you know, Dylan, and this is not a good thing, it's not acceptable to do this. His idea was, I'm not going to shoot and try to hurt the guy. I'm going to shoot at his tire so he'll stop chasing us because I want to protect my brother who's in a lot of trouble here and, and all that. Well, listen, you can't shoot at a cop because somebody could get hurt or get killed and you're not going to be in big trouble and do a lot of time in prison and deserve to, sure. But what was interesting about that was, again, there was this, as askew as it was, and there's a lot of these examples throughout the movie and throughout the story about this kind of, uh, as askew as it was, this kind of uh, moral compass, if you will, of yep. right and wrong, and them trying to do the right thing, and yes, making bad decisions, and again, do they deserve to be in prison? Yes. Do they know now they deserve to be in prison? Yes, they do. But also, you can make this um, this kind of case, Sam, that through the, sort of the systemic failure of society as a whole, that we, we failed even them as kids. And in a way, 
Like they're they're doing all this time, thirty five years apiece in prison, and there's people that have, the argument can be made. Not saying I'm a judge, I'm not a judge and jury, right, right. but it can be made that they're they, they're doing a lot of time, and people have done a lot worse and gotten a lot less time. But again, it's that that fail that system failing them. So that that seemed very interesting to me to explore all of that. Now, here's what's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because this film, and I'm I'm picking my words very carefully so I don't spoil anything. But there is a level of the flawed nature of whether it be the characters themselves and the legal system that plays a part because uh Corey Hardrick's character mm-hmm. acts as um uh, picking my words very I don't want to spoil anything, as this moral compass. Almost yeah. like whenever something happens that can go either way, he shows up and like, hold up, wait, that some about this don't seem right. Was that deliberate yeah. or was yeah, it just- for sure? I think for sure. I think in a way and latently, um, not that it hits you over the head with this, it kind of represents a generational thing as well. Meaning like you've got these, I keep calling them kids. They were in their early twenties. Like actually Ryan was 19 and the rest were in their early twenties at the time. Um, you've got them doing these extreme things, obviously, and breaking the law and getting a lot of attention and, a lot of wild activity to say, dangerous activity to say the least. Then you've got one of the federal agents that's portrayed in the film that's, that's pursuing them, uh, played by the late great Treat Williams, who kind of represents the older generation. This kind of, how does he, what, through the kind of more cynical lens that he views even youth today and that. And then you have, uh, Corey Hardrick's character, another federal agent, but who's the younger officer, if you will, or agent who, you know, kind of has a different kind of per- more in the middle perspective on it and kind of more of a, you know, he's not so jaded at this point, you know, uh, and he kind of sees it for what it is. And I think that was important to represent kind of all the voices because what I wanted to do, Sam, was not necessarily like go, hey, listen, I, I want you to think this. I-, I hope it would just provoke conversation and that when people realize kind of the fiery conclusion this whole thing comes to, they can make up their own kind of determination on how they feel about all, all of the different sides of this kind of, you know, discussion and argument, if you will. You're right. And when you, when you are doing something, um, I guess based on a true story and there is a underlying narrative of that, how important is it to get all of the facts correct and let the people decide, you know? Yeah. I think that, you know, being audiences are quite savvy, obviously. And when you're doing, you know, something that's based on a true story, I think you do owe it to the audience. Cause if you're purporting yourself to that, to be as accurate as humanly possible. So we were very, and I was very careful to, to do that. Um, uh, you know, that was extremely important to do. It almost becomes like, uh, you almost become like, and I'm not, but I'm, but, but like an investigative journalist in your own right, because, you know, it is about the facts and finding what happened. But at the same time, to be very, you know, transparent here, you know, you're, you're telling a story that essentially took place over at least a week and a half period, almost two weeks, and you're condensing it to an hour and a half to an hour and 40 minutes. You know, you're, you're going to take some jumps and some artistic license with, there are certain stories that were like, say two stories and one that folded into themselves because you have to economize when you're telling, you know, a story like this. So I would say what I feel very confident about and that we're very proud of is that the the main points, the important points are, you know, the, the, the accuracy was we paid acute attention to. Um, but yeah, again, you know, we're, we're trying to tell an entertaining story in a period of time. And, you know, that means again, there's a, there's a truncation to some extent that naturally comes with the territory. Now, you're also the writer of this movie, too. So how was yes. it important for you to have the characters, or excuse me, have the actors 
stick to the script or was there some improv involved with this, even though you're telling a true story? I mean, that's a great question. I mean, the, the, my, my previous film that I'd done uh, lended itself to a lot of improvisation if they wanted to, if the actors wanted to kind of go off and do that. This was, we really did stick to the script, but I did actually give leniency uh, to, uh, not that I bestowed it, but, you know, it's a collaboration with the actors as artists. You know, we all come together. But to, like, go, oh, listen, like, you know, if you're in the moment with something and something feels right, you know, and feels in character, then I'll never kibosh that. Sometimes that's the most magical stuff that happens because someone's so immersed in the, in the moment, what's going on. And, and so I would never want to inhibit that. So, look, you know, we had the really distinct train tracks laid with the script, and there's some really important things there. There's you know, you might recall, and uh, there's some very revelatory like monologues and speeches that need yeah. to happen for various reasons. So all of that was really important. But um, but yeah, it's not like um, it was not the Quentin Tarantino approach where, and he, and rightly so because he's such a fantastic writer. But like every punctuation, every word is is gold. You know, in that sense. So it wasn't quite that approach in the, in this case. Now. I say this without risking spoiling anything, but there are a few scenes in this movie that um uncomfortable. Let's just put it that way. Sure. Um, I.e. the used car lot scene. Let's just put sure, it that absolutely. way. Sure, absolutely. How did mm-hmm. you garner that trust, keeping the true story alive, and the slight improvisational with the um young salesman? And we'll we'll leave it at that. Yeah. So we yeah. don't so without without saying too much, I mean, I th- and I think what you're you're kind of asking is, I mean, we had a very crucial dramatic moment that was very revealing, but yet it did involve, uh, you know, two characters that were in sexual contact with each other. There you go. Without without saying too much, because it also kind of gives away kind of where it goes and what happens, because it doesn't quite end up like you think. Um, but. But look, I mean, you know, any time, and I think an actor would tell you this too, that it's, 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 it's uncomfortable when you're portraying this. My, my whole feeling about this when it comes to sex and nudity in films is, is like, uh, look, I, I, different strokes for different folks. Like, meaning like, you no know, a certain audience. Yeah, yeah, no pun intended. Just sorry. Um, you know, different, different audience members. You know, obviously that's not the kind of content that they want to see. Whereas, you know, other audience members are like, look, we're telling an adult story and this is real life and these things happen and we're going to portray this. My feeling is as long as it pushes the story and there's reason for it, it's not just, you know, nudity for the sake of nudity or sex for the sake of sex. Um, you know, that, that it actually is informative to the narrative and informs who the characters are. Then, and it's important. It could be, you know, there could be sensitivity and reveal around the fact that people are letting their, you know, like, like being intimate with each other. I mean, there's something to that, you know, I mean, that that in itself can be very powerful. So I think that's the first thing is that it's all on the page, that it's that there's a reason for it. And I can, I don't like to necessarily speak for the actors, but I think they responded to the fact that like, no, this is necessary. Like we've, we, this is, this is what happened and, and we, and, and what eventuated from the circumstances of what we're going on. Uh, were really important to portray here. So um, they wanted to be authentic about it and to go there and keep it real. And so I think in that sense, and then of course there's a sensitivity of how you actually execute that because, you know, you close off the set and, you know, it's like only the most important people that need to be on set. And, you know, there are, um, you know, intimacy coaches at times. That's a big thing these days that are there to make sure that everything's handled correctly, even between the actors. So there's a lot of sensitivity that's put into it. It's the most unsexy thing in the world, by the way. Um, it's very technical. Um, 
Um, but you know, I, in my opinion, I defend that stuff because if it's needed, um, and, and there's a justification for it and, and it helps, uh, you know, tell the story, then, you know, then that's something that I, I, I think is important and can be important. Now, just following the story, um, and I want to say this and maybe I'm the minority here, but I don't think this movie was about necessarily criminals. I think this was right. more about family and yeah, how far sure. we, how far will you go for your family? Um, case in point, the scene, um, man, I, I feel like I'm spoiling too much, but the mom, no, and go for pop, it. It's all good. The, the mom and pop gas station. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. They were gone. They were good, but he pumped $5 over and he was like, yeah. you know what? We're not like he, he kind of says it without saying it. Look, we're not the bad guys they're portraying. Let me, let me go back in here. And let me give my man his change. Let me let me give the rest of the balance. That lets yeah. me know right there that they weren't crazy or criminals or they were not. No, they had a code. And That's right. They had a code of ethics. First of all, you bring up a, a great point. I love that point in the movie and the story. And that really happened, actually. So here you have these, just for context, and I think this is fine to say this, you have these three siblings who just got done robbing a bank that were literally on the run from the law. All the news outlets from CNN, Headline News, Fox, et cetera, were like reporting on this. Keep a lookout. They were going through the deep, dirty south of it all. They were on blacktop highways trying to lay low, not on major interstates. That was a big kind of plan of theirs to got their granddaddy's, you know, atlas, just like their granddaddy said, use an atlas, get, get rid of their cell phones so they can't be traced. I mean, they went old school. And there's something interesting about that. But here they roll up to this gas station and they, they you know, they prepaid the gas. They were all kind of, you know, again, being very careful not to be recognized or noticed. And one of the siblings goes in and, you know, prepays. And when he comes out, he pumps. And for whatever reason, the gas pump kept pumping past the amount. And so he was like, well, we got to go make up the difference. I got to go pay that, that gas station attendant the right amount. And, and here they just robbed a bank and they thought it wasn't right to not pay for what you're supposed that their justification for robbing the banks were like, well, banks are like, you know, it's the government that's kind of done us wrong in the system and the governments are insured. So it's not coming from the people at the bank. It's coming from the government. And yes, I'm not saying this is right. I'm not justifying this. It's like, right, screw the, right. get, screw the system. Yeah. So, 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 but the little mom and pop of it all, the mom and pop gas station, we wouldn't do that to them. That's not right. Even if it's for five bucks, even if it might put us in a little bit of jeopardy, Go in and do right by that. Go pay that extra five bucks. So, so they did. And there was some consequences to doing that, you know, which I won't give away. But yeah, right. that's a big part of they, they, uh, to me, that's what appealed to me about the story, Sam. And you just hit the nail on the head. It was that they weren't operating as just these like, we're just criminals for the sake of like, we just want to do bad and take and have and, 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 and screw everybody else. Who cares who we hurt? It, they were trying to protect their old, their younger brother. Because he got into a situation where he had nowhere else to turn and they had to get him literally out of Dodge, like go, like, you know, so that was where their motivation. And that comes down to family. What you just said, this to me always has been and always hopefully is perceived as a movie about family. Doesn't mean every decision that's made is the right decision, but it is about that. What would you do to protect your family? And they, they were very extreme in what they would do. And that's, that's what we're exploring. Now you've talked to the family. Did you keep tabs on them? And let them know about the process or for starters, how did they feel about you making a film about this as a whole? I mean, I think, no, I, I actually talk to all of them still to this day on a regular basis. Like, you know, I mean, it's not easy because of, you know, the, the, the prison system and stuff, how that works. But, you know, I get phone calls and, and talk to them. I've done video visits and I actually originally 
went down and visited each of them prior to production um, in each three separate federal prisons, which was a crazy experience in itself because it felt important to get eyeball to eyeball with them to really understand who they were as people and, and, you know, what's the best way to do that but be, you know, in their presence and, and looking them in the eye. So, um, so yeah, it's still to this day, I keep in touch. And, uh, I, look, I, obviously they were okay with this because they were very supportive. And I think they felt the importance of their story being told. And I do think that they, look, they get it. They, they understand that I wasn't going to make them look like these heroes that did nothing wrong and just they were the victims here. I said, I had to tell the story of the real story, which means you guys, excuse my friends, you guys effed up. Like you made some mistakes and stuff, like bad ones that people really could have died. People could have lost family members from this. Um, but I think what's interesting about this, and I love these kind of stories and characters personally, and it seems to be audiences respond to the Walter Whites of the wor- world and the Tony Sopranos, these oh, yeah. characters that you, you, you really, you understand them and you like them, even though they're doing not good things. But that's kind of life. That's the complexity of life. We can all almost in a weird way, maybe not on those extremes, but kind of relate to that stuff. And, um, and, and I think they were, they, and they were happy to know that also their side of the story could be told too, which is yes, we did some things that were bad, but these were our motivations. These were our circumstances. This is why we felt like we had no other choice. Our back was against the wall, you know? So. Right. Now, yeah. the prison system being what it is, I'm going to ask, this is kind of a two part question. Do you yeah. know if they've seen the movie? And yes. They they have. Oh, okay, great. great. No, 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 they have. No, sorry. Sorry, I meant to say yes. That's a great question. Sorry. They have not. Okay. And actually, they would not be allowed to, as far as I've been, been able to tell, because uh, we've inquired, because the content in the movie and because it's about, uh, it could be misinterpreted as a glorification of violence because there's gunplay in it because that's what really happened there's yeah. robbing there's some other there's some sexual content and stuff and that's uh that that's a no-no so that that wouldn't be allowed so at this point no um uh i can say that there has been a way that they've seen at least the trailer but okay. i won't expand on that any more than that, that's <laughs> so, that, that, okay. that's, but they've seen I, the trailer I, I, and they like the trailer a lot yeah okay. all right well that was my but, second but, but here's here's something interesting too i have literally taken them through on calls uh and this is right before we started shooting and, and etc through the whole script basically i didn't like physically like read them the script but i walked them through you know uh point to point on what you know the action that unfolded in the through line and everything so yeah that i thought that was kind of interesting not to do that all right so you answered my second part of the question because i always want to know especially when you're portraying someone that's real now here there's a little uh i, I want to say 2b to to be part of that second part, there are as people we have a bit of vanity to us. So when they have they met the actors portraying them or saw pictures of them, it's like, nah, that person doesn't look like me. Right, right, that person right, right. doesn't act like That's me. Great. Yeah, yeah. So, so so yeah. So look, they're not spitting images. I mean, I think all the actors that got hired. First of all, I think the actors that got hired all look like they could be siblings. So that was important, mm-hmm. but they, you know, we went for really strong actors more than, Oh, that's the spitting image because it's unlike when you're like, look, when, um, you know, Will Smith played Muhammad Ali, like, you know, he, he tried to do certain things to embody not just the physicality of the character. And he's obviously Will Smith's a great actor, but also he tried to physically kind of morph as much as he could into looking more like Ali. So, you know, that would help us to continue to suspend the, the disbelief and watch the movie and get into it here. It's not like everybody knew what these kids look like. You know, I mean, it wasn't like, 
people are going to go to the movie. And I remember that news footage. That's not what they look like. So we had that going for us. So we could just get the best actors in place. But I think they all had essences of themselves that you could see in the real Doherty siblings. Mm-hmm. But yes. So no, they've never met in person, but they've all spoken to each other on the phone. Okay. That was really important and got to know each other that way, which was really great for the actors. And again, not to speak for actors, but actors tend to love that when they're playing real people and they can actually connect with them. They find that invaluable. So that was a wonderful experience for many reasons and very moving too. Uh, I remember um, Sam Strike, who played the younger brother, Ryan, he said it was so surreal to have like really because he dove into the part so much and knew the script backwards and forth. And he was getting ready to shoot. This was right before we started production. We were in pre-production and the actors were on location down in Louisiana where we were shooting the majority of the film. And, and he had that, got that call and Ryan had scheduled to call him the real Ryan. And he said it was so weird to talk to him because he's like, I thought I knew this guy. And then that also blew all that out of the window because as much as I, as the director described to him who Ryan was, it was on the page, like talking to him was a whole different story. And that helped so much. Oh man, because I mean, I, I want to ask that because I, I would imagine, and we've all had this. Um, you are a movie director, like, hey, who would portray me in the movie? And then you have this list, and yeah. then does the list match who you are sure. as a person? Now, yeah. you have been showing this off not just to, to uh, people like myself, but you've been receiving whale receptions at festivals and stuff. How? How is that making you feel where you just kind of like, okay, I'm going to give you this story that you guys already know, but here it is. When you get that warm, you know, that reception from the festivals, how does that make you feel just personally? Or Oh, I mean, listen, I mean, I mean, everyone loves, I mean, to have their work acknowledged in some fashion and that people responded to it and feel like it's good. Um, you know, uh, I think that, uh, it's wonderful, but I think even more than that, and not to sound like the canned answer that you're supposed to give, but the great thing about festivals and the kind of awards experience is that you get to connect with other filmmakers and other people in the community that are really into cinema and film, so they're there for the right, like really great positive reasons. doesn't mean they always are going to like what you're doing, but you, you do, and if they do, you get this chance to like interact with people and like talk and have that conversation and be in that that cinema community and that's so wonderful so in that sense yes and then also and to be frank and and sorry if this sounds gross but you know you, we have this little movie it's our little engine that could you know we have high hopes for it and it's doing really well right now but you you want to bring attention to it because it's hard out there these days movies even getting to the theaters it's almost doesn't happen unless you're a big marvel film and god bless them that's great so you you these things help to bring attention and positive attention to it uh, so that's it's necessary. The I, I don't want you know. That, by the way, it's good to bring this up. Like you know, the festivals are hurting these days between the the writers and actors strike that happened, where a lot of the talent couldn't show up to the festivals, and then you know during the COVID pandemic period when festivals couldn't be in person, you know, the festivals are hurting, and and it's it, we want them to still exist because again they are able to profile and show and and champion films that would never get attention otherwise. Uh, and bring, you know, again, that film community together. So super important. Yeah, but it was a wonderful experience. Super cool. All right. Well, I know we're up against it, so I got two more questions. Sure. Uh, for starters, if you had to just pinpoint American Outlaws, what did you want the audience to receive from this film? That's a great question. I think specifically just to have an understanding uh, and a voice to these three people's plight, um, you know, to, to, and dare I say, and again, kind of watch the movie, because if anybody hasn't watched the movie, Michael, well, look, he's using that word 
And I'm about to use the word honor them in a way that, you know, they at least have a chance because they never really had a chance to kind of like be heard. They kind of, again, felt like the system failed them. And there's good reason that they felt that when you see the movie, it's, it's revealed. Um, you know, I think that's important, but I think the bigger picture of it is like, look, Sam, I mean, I think, I don't know where you're based, but you know, I lived in Los Angeles for years. I now live in Tennessee. Um, there's a big part of, you're in Detroit. So yeah, you get, I've shot a movie in Detroit before. It's a great yeah. place. You know, a lot of the country is, is, uh, underrepresented. Um, this is not to politicize anything. It's just a fact. I mean, you can see these things, you know, and there are people in these areas who feel very disenfranchised, very like, uh, you know, not, not represented, not listened to. And, um, and, you know, the argument can be made and it's just for exploration and conversation and to, to provoke conversation is that, you know, what happens when you don't pay attention to people that do want to have a voice to feel like they deserve a voice, but you don't give them a voice and they feel like the system is failing them. Then, you know, there's, there's problems that occur from that. And that's not a threat. That's just, it is a reality that we are seeing more and more and dealing with. And I think to me, it's just another, again, lens to kind of view that through and to maybe provoke, you know, healthy conversation. Okay. Okay. And my last one, which is very obligatory, but I got to do it. I love this one so much. What is new projects? What, where are we going to see you? What you working on now? Man? Well, well, uh, well, that's a, a great question. Uh, so I'm actually starting a new movie next week. We got the interim agreement, the SAG agreement for it. Um, we are about to announce cast. It's an extraordinary, it's the biggest cast I've ever worked with. I, it's the biggest movie I've ever worked on. I feel so blessed. I wrote and I'm directing the project, but I'm not, and this sounds so horrible because it's like, who cares? But I'm not allowed to, to announce it just yet, but I'm very, blessed and excited and um yeah and i can't wait to share more. i would love to share more with you sam by the way you've been amazing like you have such a cool energy and vibe and i love your podcast like so i'd love to if i could be so blessed to talk about it soon with you and, and oh, hear more oh, about what you you're are doing. welcome back whenever you want oh buddy you're so cool you're a super cool guy thank you all right and also here's what here's what we will do since you can't talk about it i want everyone under the sound of my voice who's watching this or what have you just pay attention to my man Sean IG account. Sean McGuin, I, I'm pretty sure when you can talk about it, it's going to be there, right? A thousand percent. Yes, and soon, actually, yes. And speaking of soon, you can always check out American Outlaws um, in theaters near you, select theaters, and whatever streaming services happen, just search American Outlaws. Trust me, you'll have a great time. Sean, I know we were up against it a little bit. You're welcome back anytime. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. Oh, you were amazing. I really feel blessed to get a chance to connect with you. Thank you so much, Sam. Thank you. All right, man. You have a great one. Okay, you too, brother. Thanks so much. Take care. Right. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. And there you have it. That was writer, director, producer, Sean McGowan. Man, this was a great interview. Um, I want him to come back so we could talk about the project. He don't know if he could talk about it right now. But since we are talking about projects, let's talk about his latest project. It is called American Outlaws. It is a riveting true crime thriller. It is out right now in theaters and streaming services. Please check it out. I, I hope this was something that will move you to go see it. I'm telling you, as a person who's seen this movie, it's so worth it, man. It's, it's, you take a real life thing and you think you know everything. And then Sean puts his hands on it and give you a whole new perspective, man. It it was it was great. So with that said, Sean, thank you very much for being on the podcast. You're welcome back anytime. Check out American Outlaws wherever wherever it is. And on top of that, 
I want to give a nice shout out to my good buddies at um, Three Wise Media. If you have listened to this podcast before, they got a Kickstarter. Please go to threewisemedia.com or Three Wise Media on all your socials. Uh, please contribute to your Kickstarter for um, the ongoing adventures of Elk and the Thunderbolt Kid. It is it is a passion product of my friends, and they are they're just doing great. That um, the last few projects got, um, especially Motor City Mo. I, I was a big fan of that, but they they don't miss. So check out their Kickstarter um, if you can. You know, give a little bit to them. Those those brothers, they I I love just where their head is and their imagination always goes. So please check them out at threewisemedia.com. And speaking of pals of mine, you know I gotta do it. Is it, it if you're still in the podcast mood, you got to check out my boys at the Actical Only Podcast with Bash and Z. They rip it. I know how they get down. They are happy that this is, is the WNBA playoffs and or finals by the time you listen to this, and they are breaking us down with the great DJ and Mady and possibly AJ is there. Listen, guys. Act Only Podcast, your home for the WNBA. Check them out wherever podcasts can be found. They do all the stuff other than WNBA. I want I want to make that plain, but um, you know that, that the love they have for the WNBA is unmatched. So please check them out. Act Accordingly Podcast. Uh, Act Accordingly with Bash and Z. Wherever you listen to your podcast, wherever podcasts can be found. So that's enough of me right now. Again, I would like to thank Sean McGuin for just joining us today. Please check out American Outlaws where you can. Um, everything related to the podcast can be found at our homepage at samshownation.com. Your home for everything related to the Just Talk With Sam podcast. You can see us on your socials, whether that be YouTube, Just Talking With Sam, No G and Talking. On YouTube, Just Talking With Sam, No G and Talking. On Facebook, Just Talking With Sam, No G and Talking. On Instagram and Twitter and or X or whatever I'm supposed to call it. Um, I am Sam Show 11. Please check us out. Also, if you got questions, comments, concerns, whatever related to the podcast, you can always go to samshownation.com. You can see us right there, or you can send it via Just Talk With Sam. No G and Talking. Just Talk With Sam at gmail.com. So that's pretty much what we got for you this week. I want to thank my guest again. Please check out American Outlaws, and we will see you guys next time. Peace out.